Okay, so we started recording, just FYI. Okay. Um, and I was, I was trying to learn something. Not really working, one second. I just want to move it so I could see it while we're talking, just in case for some reason it starts. Okay, you can't hear. Yeah, because that would suck if I... Right. Why it's not letting me do that. One second. No problem. Sorry about that. No, take your time. I'm going to post something while you're on the phone in the meantime. Almost ready. Um, okay, I'm ready. Okay, cool. Um, hello, and welcome to this episode of The Shuli Show. We're so glad that you're here with us. Um, if you're somebody who keeps up with modest fashion like I am, then surely you've heard of Daniela Fay. I remember many years ago wandering, I shouldn't say many, a couple of years ago wandering into the shop on Hillel Street on a cold winter night, and I just saw all the beautiful colors and patterns of her clothing, and it was such an uplifting experience, um, and I'm so glad to have Daniela on the show today. Welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for hosting me. I did not know you came to our shop, so that makes it even cooler. <laughs> oh, well, Sure. Um, yeah, I always call Hillel Street Jerusalem's mini fashion district. Yes, um, that is pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> and when I say mini, I mean mini, in case anyone is imagining. Um, so you moved to Israel at a young age. Can you tell us what that was like? How did you have the idea to move? How did it come about? Okay, yeah, sure. Um, so I came on a program called Nitsi Vote. It was through Ida Crown um, in Chicago. Um, you can go for the rest of um, sophomore year and do half of, um, you basically go to school in the dorm and then you do to Ulim like trips from like Thursday to Sunday or Monday. So it's a lot of fun. And um, I was the youngest one at home. My siblings are much older than me, 15 and 13 years older. Oh, wow. And um, yeah. And I left, and uh, I went on that program, and then I had it planned that I was going to stay in Israel and go on Machach Baritz. Um, but I just, you know, thought I was going to those two programs. And my friend came over to me, and she's like, why don't we ask our parents if we can stay? And I'm just like, oh, that's that's like, yeah, you know, you're 15. What a great idea. <laughs> Yeah, that's such a good idea. So I'm like, yeah. So, and I'm the youngest and the only one at home. So imagine like what my parents thought. Her mom actually always planned to make Aliyah and, and now she actually lives here, but her mom, but um, my parents, you know, did not have that same plan. So um, her mom was like, totally, yeah, that's an amazing idea. I'm going to call your school here to see if it doesn't work out, if you can come back or not. And, you know, calling my parents to convince them and and obviously I called my parents and they're like very funny goodbye and they just hung up with the phone the next year the next day I'm like okay I really want to stay and they're like why and then I was like because I learned that it's um 
I'm a tittle live in the land of Israel. Like it's really our, like this is our home. We're Jewish and I just feel like it's right. And now looking back at it, I'm like, oh my God, like if they would have just said no, I would have stopped. But because they like, that was like my rebellious, my rebellion, I would say that I was like, oh, they're saying no, I better continue. Like I was like to myself, do I really want this? I don't know, but just keep fighting. And, um, and every night I it just got more intense and more intense. I mean, my soul like knew I had to be here. Like I just felt at home. It's like Jews they live in Israel, it just made sense, um, that this is our land, it's a mitzvah to live here, and, um, you know, this is the land, if this, you know, I, I'm religious, I believe in Hashem, our forefathers are here, now I live in Ephra, and I'm literally, like, a second away from, um, Rachel Imenu, <laughs> she's my neighbor, um, Beit Lechem, and, um, live near Chavron, um, you know, our Avot, so, yeah, it's incredible. And I wrote in my journal back then. I didn't really write a journal, but on the group, they told that they gave us journals. They told us to write. And I wrote, I want my kids to go to school, like my kids to go to my daughters to go to school here in the school. It was so welcoming. It was so amazing. Um, the girls were just gems. And I just knew that this was the right place for me. So um, that's a great story. So continued what to, sorry, I continued to beg my parents every single day. And eventually they stop saying no I guess and then the next year they're like this is my daughter who made Ali on her own at like 16 eventually they cracked eventually they cracked um what was Uh, it yeah what was it like for you growing up having such a big big age gap between your siblings and yourself so the funny story is is that I said that we're so such different ages because my parents like wanted to have two kids they're like um this is all we could afford you know after the holocaust it was like that type of mentality I mean I know today people still you, you know a descendant of holocaust survivors yeah my grandparents are survivors and um and, you know, and, you know, my dad was like, you know, we could only afford two children and they had two children. They grew up and they were like empty nesters. So they're like, okay, well, we'll have one more. So that's why they're like, you can do anything after you're 18, but you're not leaving. Like my mom said, he's, she's never seen my dad so nervous in his life. Like he was just totally chill his whole life. And he got really like, yeah, but he, it had to happen. <laughs> so he got really nervous about you leaving before 18 meaning like yeah he's like she's you know our baby like what do you mean she can't just leave I mean it's hard but right I mean I haven't had I'm that sorry. experience but I could imagine it's hard for parents um so what inspired you to start your fashion line Daniela Fay? what was it like starting out and now you're available in five countries which is so exciting Yes, um, it is very, very cool, Baruch Hashem. Um, I was in around, I want to say like 7th or 8th grade. Um, well, actually, I'll take you back till I was like 11. And I just saw this lady at this wedding. And she was wearing this really cool necklace, like this beaded necklace. Um, it was super intricate. And she made it herself. And it just like was like amazed me. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. And she's like, take take your daughter. She said it to my mom. Take your daughter to a beach shop. She'll have so much fun, whatever. So I went and the hobby got expensive. So I started selling my own jewelry. And at like the Hanukkah boutiques and in school, I would sell things. Things, um, to my mom's friends to, like, things that people. you made yourself yeah yeah jewelry that I would make and um so I was selling since I was like 11 basically and my mom always told me um 
like, you know, don't say you make jewelry, say you're a jewelry designer. So since I was like 11 and a half, I was like, oh, I'm a jewelry designer. Um, and by the time I was 15, I was actually in stores like in Israel and Tel Aviv and in Yerushalayim. Like I walked into a, Jeru- a store in Jerusalem, they'd be like, and the whole jewelry store in the boutique, it was um, a boutique of just jewelry. And it was in town and they're like, we want what she's wearing. And they're like, well, we're going to have it available. So that's basically how I got into stores. People would walk in and like the jewelry. I would just walk in wearing. and they would want to buy it off of me. Yeah, it happened a few times in Tel Aviv. It happened at a fair in Tel Aviv. It happened at a store in Tel Aviv in Jerusalem. Oh, wow. So, yeah. first of all, I like how your mom helped brand you and helped elevate yourself. Oh, yeah. Yourself. She's really the best. Um, they really knew what they were doing in that sense of giving me tons of confidence. I was the youngest one, as I said. And, they, you know, when you kind of have your older kids, you're, like, really strict and and like you don't know what you're doing but like 15 and 13 years later they're just like you know they trusted me and they they're just like okay you can't do it like let's say I I had you know I had a hard time in school really hard time it's pretty traumatic for me honestly and they're just like okay you'll be fine like they weren't worried they're like just don't make her do it and um there's pluses and minuses to that honestly they did the best job in the world and I wouldn't ask for anything else but for my kids I just want to push them a little more because in real life you really get pushed to do all these things that you're not good at um but yeah that's besides the point um they really um gave me tons of confidence and always encouraged me to do whatever I wanted to do um with creativity and whatever I wanted like I want to go take sewing classes I want to take art sure sure like go ahead you got to learn everything you know it's really important and they would send me to whatever courses so I would I was in a sewing course and I was like I want to be a fashion designer I knew like at the age of like 11 no sorry I want to say like seventh grade I was like I'm gonna be a fashion designer um and I designed my outfit for my graduation and then I just didn't like the technical work of sewing and I I think I would even barter with my sewing teacher. I had jewelry for sale and she'd be like, well, I'll take this necklace and I'll make you this dress. I would just design things and she would make it. And um, that happened for a little while. I just told her like, I don't want to, I don't know how to do this pattern. It's hard for me. Like I just want to design. And then, yeah, when I came to Israel, I started again um, when I was in high school here um at the school school was hard for me as i said and i would just be busy with my own stuff like i crocheted hats i sold them to stores and i did like make a few pesach outfits for myself i remember and um i, um, I went to tel aviv to buy fabric to sell to meet pachot like when i was in high school hair covering to stores yeah, yeah yeah like um yeah exactly i had scarf so, so i did that i'm curious um, where you yeah. took your sewing classes were you living in new york with your family no, I was in Chicago. I'm from Skokie. And, um, yeah, that's it. It was a private sewing class. I didn't I didn't really um, last long because... You didn't like the, the technical tar- parts. Exactly. I just didn't understand. I'm like, I don't know what this chart is. And I don't know how to cut straight, honestly. I'm not... Huh. Like, I don't have good handwriting. <laughs> like, I don't know how to really right. draw. Um, and so... Would you say you're more of, like, the idea than the creative force behind yes, the designing? for sure. For sure. Like, I have an idea. I know how to execute it, but I don't want to actually sit there and make it. And um, I just kind of go for it. And you said that you were – you had this idea when you were in seventh grade, oh, I'm going to be a fashion designer. How did you hold on to that idea throughout um, the rest of your, you know, your schooling years and living in Israel? Right. I mean, you touched on that a little bit, but it sounds like you have this almost innate 
yeah. vision of what you were going to sure. do professionally, and it came to life, which is always so yeah. exciting. Yeah, I just knew, just like I knew when I was in Israel. I'm very intuitive, I guess, mm-hmm. and Baruch Hashem, it's, from, it's a Baruch But, um, yeah, I just kind of knew Israel's my home, and I just knew I was a fashion designer. Uh, my mom, I also, like, would take, like, random pieces of my mom. My mom is an uh, interior designer, so I would take all her, like, swatches of fabric. I would, like, make stuff. Like, um, right before Shabbos, I wanted a new skirt, so I made myself a new skirt. I did not sew well, so, like, there was no top of the skirt. <laughs> it just was, like, a circle, and I went in it, and then I kind of, like, tied a bow on top or something. But, right. yeah, um, just did it. Um, so, and, yeah. Would you say you got some of your inspiration for being a fashion designer from your mother? Because fashion and um, interiors are still have right, that, similar are similar they I, have that creative bend to them yeah I definitely get my creativity from my mom I think for sure she's super creative and Baruch Hashem like I think Hashem also blessed me with that have you ever talked about your creativity with your mother is that something that you guys she, bond on or she just always encourages me like I when I so then I I got married and I I mean I, I did another sewing class this is how I got back into it. I stopped when I was in seventh grade or eighth grade. I did it for a little bit and then I stopped and then I asked somebody to sew for me in, in high school. And then once I got married, I wanted to make my own head coverings. So I went to a sewing class in Jerusalem, Hannah Studley, if she's listening to this. Shout out to um, Hannah. Shout out. Um, and, um, and I just made my own mitpachot and then people stopped me on the street again. Like, where'd you get that? I want to buy that. And um, then I just had head covering sales for like years and um, I did pop-ups and I, and then I finally was ready to move into a store, not because I wanted to open a store. I never wanted to actually um, my whole life, my whole life. I knew I never wanted a store. I just wanted to sell to stores and be in stores. Um, I don't want to sit there and like wait for, you know, customers to come. Oh, and, okay. You know, it's just not, I always, I knew I wanted re- a wholesale. Like I knew, I always knew that. Um, I just actually, I, I couldn't find an office in the middle of Jerusalem. And this was um, basically the same price. I'm like, I might as well open a store. And then when I was opening the store, um, I was only making head coverings. And I told my mom, you know, I really want to make dresses. And she's just, and I was nervous. And she's like, go for it. And I'm like, okay. So I made like three dresses. I did not know what I was doing. And then those are our best sellers to this day. And oh, wow. I just How kept going. How many years later is that? How many what? Years, years later? It's, that? I think, six, year, six years ago. And your best sellers are still those original three pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. At I, least two of them. I always love hearing that because the fashion cycle and the trend cycle is so quick. So, and I am more of a slow pace. I appreciate slowness. So it's exciting yeah, yeah. when you hear that something from six years ago is still current and still, yes. still desirable. Um, yes. So in terms of your business, um, I feel like there's a lot of talk about discipline. And obviously, if you're a business owner, you know, I'm sure one of your ingredients for success is discipline. Um, is there something that you do every day that contributes to you, your life personally or your life as an entrepreneur? So life as an entrepreneur is like really crazy. Um, there's so many ups and downs. And um, yeah, I was blessed with a really big creative side, but it's very hard for me to be disciplined and also to be on top of things like organizational wise.
organized, like when you have ADHD, especially to be organized. Um, so that's like a really big struggle. Um, but what helps grounds me is just outsourcing people. That's a, and, um, I believe that Hashem gave every single person in this world, um, what, whatever you are and whoever you are, Hashem gave you the perfect thing for you. It's like a puzzle. So like I might be creative, but I need that assistant who's good at computers and everyone completes each other like one big puzzle. So that's one thing. And, um, self-acceptance too. Like you just got to accept yourself for who you are. So you're not going to be good at this, but you're going to be good at that and just your strengths and just accept yourself for who you are. Like, don't fight it. You know, the more you fight it, the more you say, I'm so unorganized. I'm so unorganized. The more unorganized you're going to be like, you know, don't, don't identify with those parts of yourself. In other words. Yeah. I mean, just accept them like, okay, move on. Like don't focus on them because then you're really going to be unorganized, you know? Like, I'm eating all day, I'm eating all day. Okay, you're going to eat all day. <laughs> or if you say, I'm going to eat healthy, I eat healthy, I eat healthy. It's whatever you say. You're going to eat healthy because you're telling yourself that. Um, it's, like, really the message you tell yourself. And and the more you accept yourself for who you are, the better you'll do because you'll just focus on your good parts. And then you'll just get help in the rest, and um, and that's it. Try your best. Um, but it's hard. It's not easy. It's a really hard, I like a lot of people are like, oh my God, fashion designer, that's so fun. That's amazing. It's so exciting. And I'm just like, yeah, 5% is really exciting and amazing, but the 95% is just a regular job and it's not easy. So um, I also just like never, I want to quit like a million times and I haven't yet. So like, I just try it, like just basically never give up, keep trying. So um, that's really interesting to me because. I feel like people don't see that side of entrepreneurship so often that like people sometimes do want to quit and maybe oh, it's sure. not super fun and glamorous all Exciting the time. Exciting and glamorous 100%, right? Nothing, just remember in life, nothing is easy and there's always going to be something in life, no matter what. There's always going to be a test in life and it's really like how we pass it, um, but it's, it's not easy, and um, there's really exciting and amazing parts of it, and then there's really hard parts of it, and then it's it's just like a struggle, and and basically I try just to stay strong, and I fall, and I get up again, and I fall, and I get up again. That's basically, yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I get knocked down, and I get up again. Like the song? Like the song, um, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's so important to hear because you know, there are things in life that we sometimes have to commit to over and over again, and sometimes maybe even every day. Um, Every day. For me, it's every day. And um, exactly, I'm just resilient, I guess. Like, I'm just, you know. Yeah, yeah. So on that note, can you tell me how Judaism informs your work? Would you say it does? How are the two interrelated? Um, well, it has a big thing to do with my work just because we make modest dresses in Judaism. We wear modest clothing and it's a real niche type of work and it's also a need. So, um, you know, I also dress modestly. I wear skirts or dresses and I really need to be comfortable. I'm a little bit sensory, I guess. I only realized this recently, but that's probably why all my clothes are really comfortable because I need to feel comfortable in them. Um, and like, also, when I want to give up, sometimes I'm just like, hey, what would I buy? Like, I can't. It's hard for me to find things. Also, sizing, size-wise. Like, these days, an extra large is like, you know, I'm like an extra large in normal sizes. And it's just like, what do people bigger than me do? I'm like a 8 on top and 10, 12 on the bottom. Like, 
So it's a huge market and niche. Um, it's not easy, but um, my goal always, like since I was uh, in 12th, 11th, 12th grade, I was always um, this size and I couldn't fit into the teen clothing and and it was really hard and um, and I always me, wanted... I'm just going to yeah. pause you for a second. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I think many young girls go through body image issues deep into their teens and 20s, but I think it often starts, you know, in high school or early teenage years that suddenly your body is something that's, you have to accept that it's not just natural and there's a lot of resistance. Yeah, it's, it's hard these days. It's hard. Um, I mean, probably back then even harder, like there wasn't such a big awareness for like different sizes and not everyone has to be a size zero, but um, back then, it's just, it wasn't even the fact that I was upset or anything. I just couldn't find what to wear. It was a I mean, I guess I was thing. upset because then I can't go home with anything. It's like uncomfortable. And then like my hips look too big and this jean skirt, it's just not fit right. It doesn't fit right. And that was just like, that was a thing. And it, it was a dream since I was little walking. I remember walking into department stores and being like, okay, I need to, you know, I need to make clothing because I need to fit into it and have other people be able to fit into it. Um, one of my biggest goals was to make plus size clothing. And I'm proud to say that this year, finally, um, we have like different styles and colors. Um, but it's hard because you need a minimum amount before you make your big orders around the world. And, um, you have to get purchase orders and, and you have to have people supporting you and you have to get the money coming in. So it's not just so simple. Like you can make everything you want. I also can't make like a million colors that I want in a million different styles that I want in, in any size, you know? So it really takes a lot, but thank God I'm excited to say that I have fulfilled this part of the dream. Um, how long were you thinking about making plus sizes for? What was it that finally pushed you to say, okay, I'm going to commit to it now? So I always wanted to do it no matter, like ever since I started now, it's super trendy, but I've been wanting to do this forever. I just said, I can't do it if I don't know how to make regular clothing. So first, let me perfect that. And then I need to, you know, it's a different shape. You got to know how to size, you got to know how to fit. And I mean, really, I'm just learning on the job. It could be that I'm you know, also it could be that I might not be like right now we have a lot of stock left over in those sizes. And if I don't sell them, then I can't make it again. So it really depends on, on the support I get. But, um, um, yeah, it, it took me forever. And I, and also it's little by little, it's not that I just did it all this year. I started, um, a few years ago adding like shirts plus size and then adding a dress. And now, you know, so a few more gradual. things. It was gradual, yeah, because I'm nervous. Like, I don't want to be stuck with all these things that don't fit right. It's it's just like you have to go to school for that, you know? Yeah. I didn't go to school for any of this. So I'm learning on the job. I'm really like, just learning. Yeah, a little bit of trial and error and learning what works. Exactly. What work. A lot of error. Trust me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so if any plus-size influencers are influencers are listening please get in touch with Daniela yes I'm sure that would be a fun collaboration mm -hmm. um okay can you tell me a little bit about your work with um other female entrepreneurs do you network what is the female entrepreneur um environment like in Israel in Israel I actually am connected to a lot of entrepreneurs in America actually and Israel um I'm in two different WhatsApp groups, and um, 
I heard from different brands that back in the day it was very competitive and nobody spoke to each other. But now we're all in different groups together, like one in America, one in Israel, and we're all helping each other out. And what we can, obviously, we don't give each other, like, all the information because everyone has to have their own thing, but we're there to help. So if you have an issue with Shopify, if you have an issue with some shipping company, if you have any type of question, we're there for each other and support each other. And it's really, really beautiful. So if anyone from the girl boss chat is listening, um, girl boss designers, um, yeah, you guys are awesome. And yeah, it's awesome to be in a group like that. It's really special. Have you ever met some of these people in real life? For sure, I'm friends with them. Like, they're amazing. And we go out to dinner. We went out to dinner in New York at the Loft, and it was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> they're listening. They're probably cracking up because I'm a huge foodie. <laughs> yeah. um, how is it for you when you meet people in real life when you've only ever interacted with over the internet, Instagram, or WhatsApp? So it's really funny because I, I, I guess, like, I'm maybe more reserved in general, um, I'm not just like, hey, and like super enthusiastic. So maybe they feel like, you know, also like a little bit reserved. But sometimes when they come, like I love when people come over to me. But um, sometimes, you know, they'll like buy something and then they'll be like, oh, I'm this person from Instagram. I'm like, why do you tell me? I like, I talk to you every day. Like I know you, <laughs> like I'm your friend. Um, we've, we're people, we're both people, we're talking to each other. So it's like, I love, like when they introduce themselves, it's great to meet a face behind the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like in this digital age we're living in, there's always like <laughs> that weird space between the internet and real life. Yeah, um, I get it. Yeah. I mean, even for me, like, as I said, I'm not like super into like I'm a little bit, you know, quiet, I guess sometimes. I don't know. I have both sides, but I'm not a type of person who's going to get on stage with like a million people watching or even a thousand or a hundred. Like I'll, I'll, I turn bright red. But when you're on the Internet, you're just by yourself. You, like nobody's watching. So it's like creepy. Like you don't even know you're right. talking to so many people, but you are. They're and, not. Um, they're not with you, but they are kind of with you. Exactly, and um, it's not the same thing. You're not like on stage, but you're still talking to all those people. You still have a huge influence, and um, it's pretty crazy when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. So on that note of social media and the internet, um, we all know that social media is a necessity for business and advertising, but of course, it can also be toxic. Um, so can 100%. you, can you explain how you, you know, use Instagram for your business, but also balance, balance your social media use personally? Yes, I will. Totally. Um, I actually mute a lot of different accounts, anything I always, first of all, I advise people to get off social media. That's number one. And the only reason I'm on it is because it's really my parnasa and I'm trying to provide for my family. So I, you know, I'm doing what I got to do, but in general, it's a waste of life. Like I, I really tell people just go off of social media. So um, would you say that if you had a more traditional career, you wouldn't, yeah, I would try and honest. I wouldn't be sharing and, and. Yeah, I didn't, I'm saying on my personal Facebook and like my personal, I don't have a personal account, you know, it's all business. Right, right. It is person. it happens to be personal, but, um, but it's just, that's not my personality, like to show off and that's like a part of like my problem with it and I don't want to feel like I'm showing off, but like it's my business, so I need to promote it and it's, it's hard and, um, but I do tell people if you're on social media and you don't, you feel like 
a bad feeling inside about any account, you just mute them. Like if you don't want to unfollow, you can also unfollow. But if you feel bad or something like that, then then mute and and you know just focus on that. Like you know, focus on accounts that make you feel good. You can watch Torah accounts. You can watch self help. You can watch I don't know anything, but nutrition, salads. I don't know anything that's healthy for you and good for you. Um, that's what I do myself and I also don't really go on so much like I, I really limit it there's also screen you know app lock things what's it called the timer right um and and that type of thing so um yeah I try and I, it's very it could be very toxic and bad but Baruch Hashem I don't follow any of the things that make me feel bad so now I have like a great relationship with it I post when I need to um and that's it follow who you want and who make you feel good people who make you feel good and that's it right um yeah it just I once heard a quote that said social media is an experiment and I think that was very accurate because it's so new it's only roughly 10 years old but it seems to have taken over so it will be interesting to see how it is how it progresses in the next couple of years um so I noticed in your website that you've been doing a lot of work with Ukrainian refugees. Can you tell me yes. about that? Um, it's so, so special that you've made that a priority. So Baruch Hashem, I, I wanted to do that, but my my friend Melissa, um, I really want to thank who helped me get into that. Um, she runs the social media and works for um a nonprofit, Keter Ukrainian Aid, and um, they actually have a mission right now, suitcase, which whoever come, uh, people coming from America can fill up a suitcase, you know, you can go to Costco and Sam's Club and Target and fill up with like deodorants and soup and soaps, and uh, I guess not soaps, but deodorants and like socks and underwear and um, tampons and pads, necessities, um, toiletries, and, and they're bringing them to Israel and um, it's amazing. She started this with her friend Kelly and um, she promotes it and um, she um, helped me, uh, you know, help her. So we did a little bit of a collaboration and um, it's, I love this type of thing. I mean, when I was younger, I sold sushi, I want to say, for Stay Road and I know necklaces for Stay Road and um, Gushkatif, stuff like that. So um, to raise money. So I always did this type of thing and I I love doing like different types of chesed because it's an opportunity to give back 100 percent um yeah and um so can you just tell me the people coming from america bring the items and then they get matched up with a ukrainian refugee in israel so no they actually have now in cinema city in jerusalem it's central jerusalem a, a store that the the ukrainians come and shop for free every single day and every single day the shelves are emptied because it's gone the products and then they're restocked once people donate more so people can drop off their brand new items um and what she was telling me is that when she first started she was getting like really gross like used things and she said like these people are not poor um, even if they were, we got to treat them with respect. Like, what would you want to get? And um, she said, I don't want to get like, you know, all this like gross stuff and give it to them. I want to give them new. So um, that's how I was able to give them some of our new stuff. And if people, you know, donate, they can just like cover the cost of our clothing. And we just basically we just give it to them. So at cost. So um, we also donated. But 
it's an option as well. And if you donate over $100, you get a silver-plated silver bracelet. It's a beautiful bat mitzvah with a beautiful meaning behind it. So you're involved really in, in two ways, helping recruit people to bring suitcases full of toiletries sure. and cosmetics, but also you're donating your clothing. Yes. Or, wow, that's really special. Um, Baruch Hashem. You know, there's so many um, different ways to give back and so inspiring that you've utilized your platform and your business to help these refugees who many of us can't even imagine what they're going through, mm-hmm. but to make the experience a little bit more pleasant and a little bit more nice. Um, yes, whatever you give is what you actually have. That's what I believe. So the money you um give away to tzedakah that is the money we have because we only live in this world for a certain amount of time and at 120 in health you go to the next world and that's all you have the stuff you get right so that's what i believe yeah that's so true um okay you moved your business during covid can you tell the audience what that experience was like for you Yes. So my lease was up in the store right when COVID hit. And because I was working with Chinese factories, I knew that this would not go away anytime soon. So I said, you know what, I will close the store or I'll offer them half the brand and just keep it as like, you know, a, um, a warehouse, but you know, I can't, I can't keep it. So we were living in a, an apartment in Jerusalem and, you know, my kids were bouncing off the couches from COVID. Like we couldn't go outside and we're just like, we need to live in a community where they can breathe air. And, um, that's when we decided to move to Efrat and we found a house that was big enough for our business and for us. And that's, I mean, we're renting now, but that's what we're doing as of right now. We're doing mostly online wholesale and, um, yeah, wholesale in Israel, wholesale in America, and online in both countries. Okay, so your store runs out of your home now? Yes, we do pop-ups also in Ramah Beit Shemesh mostly, and once in a while. And um, and then people come to our store here in Afra, and it's a 25-minute drive from Jerusalem. And, like, if you're taking a bus, you could take a bus. And, and people come, and they're like, wow, that was not bad at all. They think, like, where's Afra? And they don't really realize it's very close to Jerusalem. Um, and people come to shop. That tends to happen with city dwellers. It's like, what do you mean it's an hour out of the city? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like uh, seven hours away. No. <laughs> right. Um, was it sad for you to close the store? Um, um, did it change things for you? I know you said you never really wanted a store right. in the first place. Listen, it definitely changes things because it's in your house and... Um, my husband used to work at the store, actually. he's a, He is a musician, but he's very talented. He has many talents. He was on The Voice Israel, and he does shows, like, for different yeshiva students and groups. Um, and he's, yeah, super talented. But um, but he used to work at the store um, and sell. Um, and, and he would have his spot, and I would have my space to, you know, out of the store to advertise and collaborate and, you know, do social media and stuff like that and design and uh, travel, <laughs> you know, and go to factory, like different countries, factory, you go to wholesales in New York, wholesale shows and also have babies along the way. And, oh, no uh, big deal. Just have a baby yeah. along the way. <laughs> exactly. No, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was really hard. Definitely had like mental breakdowns and panic attacks. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Um, so on that note, was there ever a scary moment in business for you? And if so, how did you overcome it? I'm still overcoming that and working on that. <laughs> okay. I yes. think that goes back to what we were talking earlier about recommitting to things every day. Um, mm-hmm. And it's actually interesting. I was thinking about how to get ahead of anxiety. And the way that oh my I... God. The, just, just my little Accept thought. Accept it. <laughs> Accept it, but also be Breathe. prepared for it. So instead of... Yeah. Like, having it yeah just know it's normal it's normal like these days like we want everything in an instant so we don't feel good we want to get rid of the feeling but it's not going to help in that and that will lead to addictions Uh, you got to actually feel your feelings work through it and stay persistent like it's very a quick fix these days like everything with the internet two seconds so it's it's something that we have to learn to stick with things and to work hard yeah even if it's hard totally to stay the course and, and also change your approach. Like, if it's not working, like, you got to change your approach. You know, the, the definition of, um, what's, what's, stupidity? Um, no, but, um, I forgot what I'm saying is like doing the same things over and over and, and, um, not, and, you know, not changing your approach. And expecting what, a different outcome. Exactly. What's it called? What's the word? <laughs> it's not I thought stupidity. it was. I thought it was stupidity, but that might Is not it? be politically correct. Um. Um. Yeah. Um. But what's it called? I, I don't know. I'm getting confused. Yeah. Okay. No problem. Um. You touched a bit upon this, but cliche alert question: How do you, I have to ask for all the moms out there? How do you balance motherhood and being a business owner? I do have to say I'm very lucky. <laughs> I joke about this that I told Dave I have I, we have a deal. I do nine months and he does life. It's like a life sentence. Oh. <laughs> the kids are like obsessed with him. That's the truth. Um, he's very fun and engaging and like they love him. And he yeah he was an au pair in America for like these two kids. That's um, unusual was, to hear that. Yeah, a guy. Yeah, he, yeah, it's like one in a million, really. So he really does a lot of the different um, stuff in the house. Like he really does more than me, honestly. And um, I mean, he also gave me the space to do my work. Um, like he didn't take his career and like, you know, say Daniela, like, you know, can I go and do my music career like full time? or just do it. He didn't have to ask, but you know, we discussed things as a couple, but, um, he kind of just always encouraged me. So he kind of let me do my thing. And then he, someone has to be with the kids, especially, I feel like some, there's always a kid sick. There's always a parent sick. There's always a day off. There's always this, there's always that. He does work in the business as well, but he really does help me a lot. I'm very blessed for Hashem. Um, it's also hard, by the way, that we work together. I don't really recommend it for couples. Um, in the past, as you said, like what, what changed, what was different about the stores, he really got his own space. So it was totally different, but now we're working on different things like me, you know, getting my own office somewhere and that way we all have our own space, but in general, it's not an easy thing. Um, but being a mom, the thing you asked me about the mom, about being a mom, it is hard also. It's not like my husband helps and that's it and everything's great. There are so many ups and downs, especially when you're pregnant. And I mean, a woman is just going through so many different cycles at all the time. And, and each cycle is like hard and it's like a different woman. Like, you know, you're a different woman when you're, you know, on your menstrual cycle and before and after and like 
it's, it's hard to deal with all the hormones. And, um, and, and I really look at women that just stay at home. I think that's like the biggest, hardest job in the world. Honestly, I, it's easier. I look at it as that it's easier to work than to be home because it really takes out all the energy. It's not like you're just working and then you get to go home and relax. It's like all day screaming and needing, and, you know, it, it takes a lot of energy. So that's like, any woman, I think that's like, wow, people who, and then women who work and are at home, like, it's just, and who have kids and work and don't have help like I do. I just, I really don't get it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's hard. I think what you were saying about space is so important. Also, everybody needs their own space that's just theirs. Um, mm-hmm. So I can totally relate to that. And of course, kids need their space. Adults exactly. Need their space. Um, Parents, kids. You know, you can't yeah. live with your mom when you're an adult anymore. Or your dad, like it's hard. Right. It's the same thing. Right. Need we to, all need to have our space. Have your own and, identity in space. Yeah. Yeah, and feel free, and just feel like you can be yourself, and not have to adjust yourself to anyone else's needs or specifications. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Can you? share a little bit with us about your design process. Yes, that's a good one. A lot of times I basically, I used to pick out my outfits from the jewelry I would want to wear, like my accessories. Oh, that's so, so it's fun. Kind of, so you would yeah. choose the jewelry first. I would choose jewelry first. And then this is the same thing. I choose a fabric first. I'm like, oh, I like that. And then I'm like, what can I make out of this? And then oh, I'm I like, ooh, a hoodie dress or like, ooh, a summer flowy dress or like uh, that type of thing. Um, that's a lot sometimes and then sometimes it really depends sometimes I'm like oh I'm like after you know like I said women go through different cycles and different you know you're always like changing and um, you know pre-birth like um, when you're pregnant and then after birth and all these different different things and and that also gives me inspiration I'm like oh I really need something to nurse in like I can't nurse with this clothing and then I'm like after birth like you didn't you know you're not yourself yet and you have extra weight um that you're carrying and then you're just like I don't fit into anything so you need a dress for that and um and um and yeah basically there's so, that inspires me too you know different stages that I'm in yeah yeah so it sometimes starts with being inspired by a fabric or where you might be up to in your life or exactly I remember so what like now it's stuck in my head like Daniela make things with buttons make things with buttons because I remember nursing and I really could I was so uncomfortable I couldn't wear anything um I, I just like you're out on Shabbos and you're just trying to feed your baby and it's just like I'm so uncomfortable like I don't have anything to wear I don't look good and the dresses I looked good in and fit me well I'm like okay I gotta go make that or like I gotta go make dresses with buttons because I really needed that and it's just I feel the yeah. need and I, I I make it um yeah kind I of like that. what got me inspired in the beginning like I was young and I didn't fit in clothing and I wanted to fit in and I wanted something comfortable and it's the same thing I want other people to have that too when I get messages um, from people that are so, like, beautiful, it's just, like, incredible to – it's an incredible feeling. That's what really keeps me um, going. That's a perfect segue for my next question, which was how does, it, how does it feel when you see someone wearing one of your designs? Oh, my God. I, I saw somebody today, and I think she bought the shirt, like, years ago, and I was like, oh, my God, that just makes me really happy. Like, it's funny, like – you do so much and like people think, wow, like Daniela Faye and you're on all these countries and you're doing all this. And I'm just like to myself, oh, I suck. <laughs> no. Because like you 
you're dealing, yeah, because you're dealing with such hard things at the end of the day. I am. And, and you're not in the moment. And, and Wait, you cut and out for a second. You cut out at hard so things. So I'm saying a lot of times I'm just kind of like struggling on different, about different things. And then I'm just, you're like in the moment of like, oh, this really hard situation. And then you don't realize like, okay, but take a step back and look where you've come. We really, I feel like people in general, it's easy, like in the moment to be like, oh, I suck at this and I suck at that. You don't really, okay, you washed all your dishes last night. You know, like you don't appreciate yourself. You're like, good job. You got to say good job. Otherwise you're not like every, the more you strengthen that in your brain that you say, good job. You know, I, I did all the dishes and I did all my laundry and I did, you know, I ate a healthy breakfast. The more you say that and congratulate yourself and pat yourself on the back for it in your brain, the more you're going to do it and feel good about it and the more good things you're going to do. So I feel like in general, we're just always kind of my default at least is like, oh my God, I suck at this. I should quit. But like, but I don't look at back at all the steps that I've made. And um, yeah. Yeah. How, it's, it's how is it on. for you when you have a moment to reflect on, you know, how it started and how it's going? It's funny, the other day I was really down, and um, I was like, you know what, let me make a slideshow for social media, it'll be like a segment of like the beginning till now, and maybe it will help me in some way, and I really, I put it all together in one video, I didn't post it, but I put it in all in this one video, and um, I was like, wow, <laughs> like you really saw the, all the things, um, it's, 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 beautiful to see um but it's you know it's it's still not it doesn't take it away that it's hard but it it helped you know I saw I saw the process and I saw what I did and and I you know I'm like honestly I I, because I wasn't trained in any of this so like I really did things that I didn't know what I was doing like I made a dress one time um out of a stretchy fabric and the pattern maker was like are you going to use this fabric in production I'm just like yeah whatever I didn't know what she was even saying honestly <laughs> and then I chose a, di- a different fabric for production it was like a tablecloth and after production I got all these dresses like a hundred and something dresses and you couldn't move your arms because it was a stiff fabric it wasn't a stretchy one uh-huh. I didn't know that <laughs> there's countless mistakes that you you know you keep doing because you don't know better like made 100 dresses the zippers were broken I don't know I, I saw the beautiful zipper chose it sent it to the factory how am I supposed to know that you have to check every zipper <laughs> right right learning all these things along the way um, yeah Um, you're like oh it's a lot <laughs> you're like yeah. I'm stressed <laughs> no no I'm not stressed it's just like I think sometimes people shy away from like being in a space and claiming it and um, you know you've done so much work to have and your brand is pretty recognized among you know modest fashion wearers and I'm like yeah I do think you deserve some credit and um I do think it's it is hard to like, you know, we are our own worst critic. I think it is hard to let go of that critical voice and, like you said, congratulate us for all ourselves for all, all the work we've been doing and all the progress that we've been making, even if it doesn't feel significant. It's true. It's it's important. I gotta work on it more. <laughs> um, no, that wasn't meant to be a lecture. I just feel like I know <laughs> it's a great reminder. I know myself. Like sometimes the things that I'm working on don't feel significant, and it's like, 
you know, I have to remind myself that like, okay, this is part of the process. It's part of the process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And not where every- we are. We're our own biggest critics, like you said. It's true. Yeah. I got to really congratulate and notice what we've done. And there are really exciting moments that feel good, but only because of those other moments that, you know, you did do your due diligence and do all the work and make all the mistakes and learn from them. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Um, What's your favorite part about what you do? Um, I really love the best part is just making a new design. Like when I design something new, um, recently it's been hard, honestly, because of Corona. Mm-hmm. Um, um, How so? it, I was working from far from my factories and it was just really hard because like, I'm not a computer person and everything is online. So I'm just right. like, I can't make new things. It's just hard. So I really didn't do a lot. And I think in Israel, when I was working here, I just started working again in Israel because the shipping prices are insane. And, 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 it's just, it's better for me on site to, um, Oh, so you do production in Israel, some production in Israel, some in China, some in Turkey, they all have different stories. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's, I mean, I love working in Israel because I'm on site and I get to work with, you know, Israelis and Jews and, um, and I get to design and then I can go design something and get it made. And it's just like the best feeling when you make something new. And I couldn't really do that so much during Corona. It was just like some basic stuff, yeah. which is important too. But I, um, totally I think relate. the creativity part is my favorite. Yeah, I totally relate to not being a computer person and appreciating doing things in real life. Um, okay, so... I also noticed that many of your photo shoots happen in nature and they just, it seems like there's all these glamorous girls taking walks and hikes maybe. Um, how did that idea come about? That's funny. It's just a photo shoot. Um, I, 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 um, I hire models, professional models for the pictures because a lot of the stores want professional pictures and it's obviously good for us too, um, for our website. Um, so so um, we do. We just choose one location that's good for us, and um, we just kind of change on location and take pictures there, like a little dressing room situation. And um, yeah, and and Baruch Hashem, I use really great photographers. Shout out to Lisa Rich and and Yochanan. Um, he's amazing. Cats photography, and um, everyone who I work with, I really you know. Um, support and love I love their work and that really does make our clothing shine just to show them on um, the models and in the beautiful nature in Israel and um, Baruch Hashem that's a really fun part too styling the shoots and having the clothing come to life exactly when I after like at the photo shoot I was like wow like the whole year I'm like dreading and you know it's hard just getting it done and dealing with all these headaches and people that are just sometimes not so straight. Um, um, you know, I got cheated by different people and uh, manufacturers. And and then when it's finally done and I see it on the model and it's just looking good, I'm just like, oh, wow, this looks gorgeous. Instead of just like, okay, let's just get through this. Like, I don't even know what day it is because I don't want to look at what day it is because maybe I'm late to the stores. Like, all that stuff. Like, you have to be on time for the seasons um, in fashion and, and on time for the holidays. So I get really panicked about that when you're dealing with so many different things from overseas and um, – 
yeah so then I finally see it and I'm just like wow this is beautiful and this makes it all worth it and do you smile inside when that happens for sure I was so (laughs) excited that day I remember even Um, looking back to the photo shoot pictures and videos I have a highlight of it and um I also try things on for my customers to see how it fits on so they can know what to order and it's it's yeah it sounds like it would be fun to have a culmination of your work. Sounds like it might be gratifying. Um, okay, yeah. last question. I ask mm-hmm. this to all of my guests. Um, in another lifetime, what would you be doing, Daniela? Okay. I mean, people really say like, if you had like all the money in the world, what would you be doing? I'm just like, I'd be doing this. Like, if <laughs> trust me, like the things that I've been through for, with this business, if I if I'm doing it still now, that means I'm like beyond dedicated to it. So, um, as I said, I, I did have crazy situations of like my goods being withheld and my money being withheld and things not working out as planned. Um, and you know, big losses and, um, stuff like that. So I'm super dedicated. So I guess I'd be doing this. Um, But we do love me and my husband lived in town in Jerusalem and we used to host tons of people and, um, um, ever since we moved and, you know, have kids, it's harder and, you know, full, you know, little baby and full-time job. Um, we do last minute types of things, but we used to host like so many different, one time we hosted a group of 50 fashion designers from America through the JWRP, um, you know, Lori Polotnik's program. And, uh, we host like tons of different people and it was, we love hosting people on Shabbat. That's so interesting. Um, Maybe there is one more question I wanted to ask you, but can you tell me a little bit more about that time that you hosted 50 fashion designers? That sounds kind of fun. Yeah. Um, they, um, there's a program called Shabbat of a Lifetime and they, they kind of place the different groups in different um, houses and we signed up to be one of the families and they said, well, Danielle's a fashion designer. Let's send the fashion designers. Um, so these were women from all over the world and they were like the buyers at um, like Lord and Taylor or like, I don't even remember, Saks Fifth Avenue, like big, big, big people in fashion. And um, they came and they ate over and even two Israeli designers and and it was um, very cool to meet all of them. And then Dave was like, come after to the store. And they came, some of them came to the store Saturday night. And it was really fun to meet people in the field from all over the world. That's so interesting. Um, and wasn't, I guess it's not, that wasn't really my last question, but I am curious. I know part of your branding is Ain Soap. Can you tell the audience yes. a bit about what that means for you? Why it's significant to you? So... I was a mandricha um, on Rabbi David Aaron's program when I met Dave, um, and I just learned um, something in the Kabbalah. I don't remember exactly, but like it's kind of the light of Hashem, and it. Um, I just it reminds me that everything is from Hashem and everything is good because Hashem is good. So that's what it reminds me of, and I wanted my company to have to do with that, you know. Because it's a pretty significant part of your branding. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's the, and that's the reason. I mean, that's the explanation. Right. Um, okay, well, Daniela Faye, thank you so much for being on the show today. Can you tell our audience where they can find your website, your Instagram? 
Yes. Um, Instagram is Daniela.Fay, two L's. And my website is, in America, is DanielaFayUSA.com. And in Israel, it's DanielaFay.com. And um, we also help anyone who asks questions, like, what's the sizing like? And we try and help each customer um, so that they don't get it wrong and that they have a really big customer return rate. Um, um, that they shop, they buy, and then they shop more online, and um, and Baruch Hashem, <laughs> happy customers. That's amazing. Um, okay, thank you so much. Take care. Thank you for having me. Of thank course. you. You too. Bye. Bye.